This episode of Mad About Movies is brought to you by Snake Eyes. The action-packed adventure Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins is now out on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. Held as the best G.I. Joe movie yet, the iconic hero Snake Eyes rises to become the ultimate warrior in his battle against Cobra. Buy it on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD today. Get those special features, a bonus short film, deleted scenes, and much more. It's also available on that 4K Ultra HD steelbook at participating retailers. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. You sound insane. You realize that? The whole world got crazy. Showtime. All right, man, fam, welcome to November. We're inching closer to Oscar season, Christmas season, and uh, more blockbusters headed our way for 2021. Thought we were past them. Dune has come and gone already. Still doing really well at the box office, though, so hasn't gone, really, but it's still here, and it's out, but we've got more to come. But the movie we're talking about tonight, I feel like we've been anticipating for three years. In fact, this was one of the movie draft, 2000 and I guess 20 movie draft. We've not have done that in 2019, though. Uh, <laughs> movies. And it will be a fun exercise at some point to go back and, and actually calculate what all those movie draft movies came out. But believe it or not, Ryan, we are still in the midst of waiting for movies from the 2019 movie draft <laughs> to come out still. Like, that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. And they're still well, not all one day out. We'll We've see still Top got a lot to go. So it'll be fine. That that might be the last one. The uh, Top Gun Maverick. That's oof. Mm. We're, we're rolling, man. Eternals was one of them. That's this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had French Dispatch come out the last couple of weeks. So you know we're we're slowly rolling out those those uh, twenty twenty movie draft movies. That's good. Very confusing thing about Eternals that I noticed as I went and saw last night in Soho. So I'm walking by the poster, I, I'm glancing at it, and like the entire cast list, you know, because there's like 40 people in the cast, is like listed out. Like that's basically the poster is just the names of the cast, mm-hmm. and everybody's name, like there's a letter E, and it's spelled with like three lines instead of an E, you know. Mm-hmm. And they made it like a very distinct effort to make sure that all the E's in everybody's name were this three lines, but the E in Eternals wasn't three lines <laughs> like, what is that about i guess we maybe we'll find out in the movie but they make all this effort to make sure that the e of eternals in this was this three lines but the actual e of eternals wasn't at least it didn't say dunk like dude <laughs> i've enjoyed the dunk memes though that's fun that's been a good time the how you dune with jo- joey tribbiani meme <laughs> that's the best work of 2021 whoever did that <laughs> let's put that in the uh give the pulitzer prize <laughs> <laughs> nominations flowing for the uh, how you doing i love at that. least a peabody you know <laughs> yes <laughs> humanitarian award something <laughs> like that we'll move on and we'll get last night so but i do want to mention to the listener and to our vips that we have some new shirts out mm. for you to order now mad about movies podcast.com yeah click on shop on there and a bunch of t-shirts. We got phone cases, stickers, magnets, all that kind of stuff. But we've got some really fun. We got a Greta Gang, Greta Gerwig shirt on there. We got a Chloe Zhao shirt. We've got the uh, the Ben Affleck meme that goes around in Discord like 20 times a day mm-hmm. uh, on there for you to purchase. We got a KFBR392 mm. shirt. And then we've got well, a bunch of logo shirts, one. too. Yeah. I don't yes. know any Matt Man merch because 
quite frankly, I still haven't decided how I feel about the show. Mm-hmm. But same. Uh, if I were to own some, I think that KFBR has got my name all yeah, I think, over it. I think order. I'm going to order a Greta Gang shirt. So yeah, I'm, gonna, sure I'm starting to roll out some designs that aren't plastered with our logo. You know, yeah. maybe some just generic. You know, some some things from the show, some some things from our Discord that our mm-hmm. shows become known for. Uh, we got we got that, and we also always have the "I survived." Now you see me shirt on right. there. So right. anyone who has watched and survived that can proudly display it with pride via our web store. So yeah, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Check out all those new shirt designs. We already got a bunch of people in the Discord wearing like a Mam Fam hoodie. I saw it was the, the item yeah, of choice. Been very popular. people prepping for the winter with their Mam Fam hoodies. I really like that. So check that out. Uh, and speaking of VIP. The throwback of the week this week is Three Amigos. Three Amigos. So watch that one and get ready for that, VIPs. But the uh, main story tonight is last night in Soho again. And I I don't know where to fall on this one. Brian, uh, Richard, I guess let's start with Richard. Where where did you fall your anticipation level for, for this movie? Yeah. Who who movie drafted? Did it? Do we remember? I think I did. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I did, but I I might have done Fris, French Dispatch. I don't know. It, it's all yeah. Blur. No, sure, whatever. Uh, I was just curious. Yeah, I had kind of forgotten this was coming out, and then I started seeing stuff for it, and it seemed like it was really far out. And then all of a sudden, um, it was here. You know, and I I love Edgar Wright. He's a really interesting director, and I was interested in this cast. But it's kind of one of those movies. I don't know what about it. I just kind of kept forgetting it was coming out until it was already out. Like I'd be excited for five minutes, and then. I'd forget about it for two weeks, et cetera, et cetera. So I can't say I was like super tracking it or anything. Like I probably was for, you know, Baby Driver seemed like much more of an event. Um, and and part of it's just that's how the world is right now. You know, event movies are, there's a little higher threshold right now for, it's got to be like, you know, a Bond or a Halloween or something that's, um, it was already hard for original content to break its way through. And it's especially hard right now with, with uh, you know, theaters, especially in, in a little bit of flux still. So, yeah, I was like a five out of 10, probably on the excited scale. And then I didn't, I'll talk about how I felt about it in, in a few. But yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I just assumed that this would be maybe not for everybody, but for like movie nerd kind of people. And, but it would be awesome. And I, I was, was kind of wrong. This this wasn't awesome. Um, it wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen, but but uh, it was, seemed weird that it was Edgar Wright. It was like not uh, I thought the pacing was a little off, which is normally what he does so well. So anyway, interested in all of your thoughts. We'll get more in specifics in a bit, but uh, yeah, a little let down by this one, and and I'm a little uh, I, maybe it makes sense that it kind of snuck out on me. What about you, Brian? Yeah, man, I was really excited for this. I um, I mean, part of it is the anticipation of of a year and a half, you know. And knowing that this is coming and, and being pumped for it. I, I think I've been a little colder on, on Edgar Wright historically, um, up to Baby Driver. I thought Baby, Baby Driver, I think was my number one movie of that year. Yeah. Uh, and you liked I, it more I, than I did even. Yeah. Love that film. And I've it was watched specifically it. because of Kevin Spacey. Though. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. that was my whole thing. <laughs> that was um, why you liked it. Right. That in was, hindsight is weird. Yeah, that was but at the time, my, it, my it made Spacey sense. Yeah. phase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've, 
I've locked down a lot of lawsuits. I'm good. Um, yeah, and I, I appreciate it, Brian. The thing about you is that you stand mm-hmm. by those takes. Like, yeah, you're look, not gonna, I, like, I will apologize giving you multiple times to take that back, and you have <laughs> right. stood by it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I if I said it, I stand by it. You yes, um, you're, yeah, dude. It's great, great honor code you have. You're like a samurai. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As soon as we finish here, I'm gonna fire up my <laughs> Bill Cosby records, and it's gonna be. Uh, can be part of my life. No, uh, I, I love Baby Driver. I thought, thought it was great. Still very rewatchable. Watch that one fairly frequently in the background. Um, the previous Edgar Wright movies, I think when we did our Scott Pilgrim throwback a couple of years ago, I, I talked about how I've come up on that movie. I was a little lower on it mm-hmm. than consensus uh, at the time. And the Cornetto trilogy, I, I think, are, are fun, good films. I'm not nearly as into them as, as other people seem to be, but I, I think they're all good movies. I think they're all like. Yeah. You know, I don't know if B I talked about the podcast. We all saw um, The World's End together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Years ago. Yeah. And uh, one of the best, not best, one, a very good theatrical experience I found. You know, mm-hmm. I really, really um, loved that movie. And then I watched it again like two years ago, probably with my wife because she'd never seen any of those. And we watched. Um, you know, Shaun of the Dead, we watched Hot Fuzz, I loved those, and watched that, and I was like, this isn't that good. I don't know why mm-hmm. that movie did not hold up to me, but I remember loving it. It was one, of, you know, that happens with comedy sometimes, if it's the right crowd. It was a packed crowd, I remember sure. everyone was laughing, so, uh, yeah, that's that's just an issue. I, I've never talked about that on the pod, but that movie's mm-hmm. not near, not that great, and I'm I'm shocked by that, because I loved it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I did not enjoy that nearly as much second time around, but, but anyway, I, I was excited about the movie, and uh, I'm sure part of that was, was the setup, but um or the you know the length of time that we've had since since uh we we knew it was coming to fruition so uh that's part of it i was really looking forward to this um i was a little disappointed disappointed maybe not even the the right word underwhelmed i guess yeah that's a a perfect word for me the way it seemed to for for others and also it's like one of those movies that this is not fair to the movie if it was from like a young like a new director or someone i had no opinion on i might have liked it more sure but I, oh, 100%. I, I have a, right. you know what I mean? So I don't know. I need to think about it more, but, but like I expected, you know, especially post baby driver, things like that. To, and for this to be, you know, something and it's just kind of, a lot of it's to the third act is a little, more, but, but we'll get into all that. Kent, what about you, man? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm certainly an Eggerite fan. I, I think my favorite of his is still Shaun of the Dead. I just think that's such a, an original film and, and holds holds up. I mean, you talk about World's End not really holding up. I I watched Shaun of the Dead uh, recently, and I think it it holds up great. And Scott Pilgrim, we have talked about uh, in the VIP on a on a throwback, I think recently. So so check that one out if you want our full thoughts on there. But but yeah, I, I've always really respected his respect for cinema. Yeah, and definitely. I like I like directors who actually do their research and. He he's somebody that's really fun to follow on social media if you if you don't follow him, and especially during the pandemic, he was tweeting weekly. These are the movies that I watched this week, and it was just stacks of Blu-rays, <laughs> like every single week, just stacks and stacks of movies, and half of them I'd never even heard of, or more than half, you know, because he's got every Criterion and every French New Wave, and you know all that kind of stuff. So I really respect that he understands movies in a really kind of an old school Hollywood kind of way. And like every single shot, I feel like that he puts on screen is a reference to some, something he's seen or something that he wants to pay homage to or something that influenced him. 
and that's great. But I think it's worked really well so far. Uh, you know, with all of his movies, basically, they're they're essentially just retreads of of old style films. You know, um, when with Shaun of the Dead, obviously, it's like Night of the Living Dead. Hot Fuzz is obviously like you know a buddy cop thing, and you've got the World's End, which is you know kind of like an English British yeah, pub crawl movie yeah, uh, with weird. like aliens twist twisted in. It's kind of a weird apocalyptic scenario kind of thing. That's probably it's, his most like original. Less, it's the least self ref or not least referential of of his movies. Yeah, I would, I would could probably agree with that. And then Baby Driver obviously is a is a car chase movie, mm -hmm. and it mixed with like kind of a heist movie, which is um something we've all been fans of on the mm -hmm. show. And then this one, obviously, I mean, he did the Sparks Brothers documentary this year, obviously, also yep. which Richard recommended. Yeah, but this one it's an hour too long, but it's very good. I mean, I know he's a real fan of horror. In fact, I watched Eli Roth's history of horror series uh, this October, you know, kind of the background during the day I would have it on. And he popped up a lot of that, just yeah, yeah. giving his thoughts on horror movies because, you know, he really, that's really what he's got. His career started was with Shaun of the dead and finding his niche in that uh, theatrically. And so, yeah, this one to me, I didn't ever really realize it was a horror movie until like, this month maybe <laughs> you know i, I kind of yeah. had seen the trailers i was like okay it's got anya singing this downtown song it's it's kind of got this mystical psychedelic vibe but i didn't really think of it as as horror maybe i didn't pay attention enough to the trailers i think i've maybe only seen one or, or so and, and didn't really seek them out but yeah i didn't really understand what this movie was and it feels like just a culmination of like 75 things you know mm. that that he loves and enjoys it's like okay i want to do a horror movie but i also love the old 60s hollywood but i also love the fashion industry of london but i also love you know ghost stories but i mm. also love murders but i you know i it's got mm. like 45 different sure movies basically kind of stacked onto here and it all feels great on the page. You know, you storyboard this bad boy out. You're like, gosh, this is going to be so good. Look at these pre-visualizations of this, this scene. Look how we can shoot Anya, you know, and so they're actress together to make them look like the same person, right? All these camera tricks, which are, I think were awesome. You know, like the first time she's walking down the, the stairs and, you see him in the mirror, like a very simple, easy, like I could do it in Premiere Pro right now, like camera tricks, those simple things that Edgar Wright does where he doesn't use CG, but he knows kind of where to put the camera and how to do these things. Those things I think work really well in, in Shaun of the Dead and in Scott Pilgrim, the first time you see them, you know, like when Scott jumps out the window and things like that, you know, they work really well. But in this movie, they just compounded on top of each other. Like, I, like he used that camera trick like 20 times. I was like, okay, this was awesome. The first five times I saw this in this movie, but it was like, that was the only trick he had up his sleeve. And it just felt misguided at the end of the day, or it felt like it was all a good idea on paper. And then when he shot it, finished it, edited it, put it on film, it just didn't 
didn't work right. It didn't have the yeah. tone that he wanted it to have. And that, that happens. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can go out on him shoot, by any means. Shoot yeah. the heck out of uh, an incredible cast and you can go edit it and it just might not work, you know, as a story or as a mm-hmm. movie. And I'm not saying this doesn't work as a movie, but um, it certainly feels like it could have been a little bit more focused. Um, maybe I would have probably made it more fun. Like I always think of his movies as really fun. Yeah, it's kind of a lighthearted and and humorous. It's so depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's trying to comment on some stuff and have a lot of satirical undertones and things like that, which is fine. But it reminded me more of like a promising young woman than it did of like a Shaun of the Dead or a or a Baby Driver. And not not to say that Edgar Wright can't go there in his career, but that's not what I expect or want him to do. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said on on he he obviously gets compared to a lot to Tarantino because they're they both make films from the perspective of cine, from a cinephile's point of view, right? Not all filmmakers. I mean, obviously all you know, filmmakers are cinephiles to some level, but I mean, that really sort of catalog version of, of it. He's, he definitely is in that mode. Um, you know, Tarantino was, you know, he made a French new wave movie with Pulp Fiction and, and he, it, it helps that he's, you know, a great dialogue writer and everything, but, but right. Can't can write as well. But the, while they are these love letters and these very <coughs> referential movies, he kind of pivoted halfway through his career into something more original. They're still super referential. I mean, you look at something obviously like, once upon a time in Hollywood, which is literally about the film industry that he's always talking about, even something like *Inglorious Bastards* that has all those, all those um, references to you know uh, Lenny Riefenstahl and things like that. But there's this also this canonical like this is a Tarantino movie yes. in and of itself. It's not just an homage yes. and like uh, it, and this. It, it also feels like it's its own thing. Yeah. yeah, and he's able to take all of that tapestry and like make something that's uniquely his own and t- wholly original while being very referential. I think Wright has that in him. This wasn't that, right? This yes. just felt like, you know, and again, like if this was like made by Matt Jones, new, you know, 25-year-old NYU graduate would be like, "Wow, that was pretty rad." I mean, that I can't wait to see what that guy does next, but but I'm kind of waiting for Edgar right now at this point to like make his next step. And I, I don't, I'm not saying I expected it to be this, but I, every movie he makes now, I'm going to be waiting for that. And this just wasn't it. So I'm like a little disappointed that it's just like, okay, that's more. Yeah, I get it. Like you like all these movies and you can really, but you, you're technically incredibly proficient and that's awesome. You know, but you're the Utah Jazz in the regular season. Like, I'm waiting for your playoff run at this point. So that's a that's a reference. Oh, Only Brian that's a will good appreciate. Reference. No, yeah, he can but. make a, a a really fun movie that all the college kids like. But like, let's let's see you get a Best Picture nomination, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're that good. I know you're that yeah. good. So I'm kind of right. just waiting for your finals run. Go ahead, Brian. No, I, I totally agree with everything you guys just said. It's it's. Uh, this is a fine movie, and and I, there's people that really love this movie, so that's great. I mean, I'm glad that it that it clicked with with people more than it did. Um, sounds like for for kind of all three of us, but the, I mean, the point that we might appreciate this more if it wasn't an Edgar Wright movie is is very salient. I think that's 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 kind of spot on because it's fine, it's fun to a certain extent. There's some some really cool elements, but I think you guys are both right. This just this doesn't feel like much of a progression from a director that I think we all expect to do great things, not just good things. Yeah. You kind of, you go through that phase where I'm trying to think of a better word. The one I, 
the one I'm thinking of is not polite to say on this. I mean, it's not gross, but I just mean I'm trying to think of it. It's a very self, kind of a selfish way of making movies when you're in that young phase. Like, look how sure. cool and smart I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of figure out. Then you're kind of going to that that next phase is we're going to make your really interesting work. I mean, you think sure. of like like someone like PTA, right? He makes Boogie Nights, and that's such a jump on the thing. But then, like, he makes The Master at some point. And you go, wow, mm-hmm. man, that's a pretty... Whether you like that movie or not, I mean, that's like a total departure, and it's something really unique. Or There Will Be Blood, maybe, was that, that movie for him. Sure. Um, where it's like, wow, this is real, like, cinematic art. Or it's like Lebowski to, to uh, you know, to... Yeah. What's it that's called? A great, uh, no Country for Old Men. Great. Better comp, even. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah no, these guys are for real. And... You know, Edgar Wright might not ever will. And it's a compliment to him, though, that we're putting him in that category. Mm-hmm. But I think he's yeah, technically sure. that good. He, yeah, he it's... might not have put himself in that category. Sure. You know, like he, that's might, unfair. he might have been like, you know what? Screw Marvel. I'm not doing Ant-Man. Screw um, the Oscars. I'm not going to make Oscar Beatty movies and sign a five picture deal with Netflix. I'm going to do yeah. weird stuff. I'm going to hire Matt Smith, who's a iconic British actor. And I'm going to do these mm-hmm. really niche movies. And I'm yeah. just surprised yeah. people are willing to give him fifty million dollars still to, to yeah, that's like, have the hard fun part. with. <laughs> yeah. And you go at the same time too, just like being a jerk, like I am. It's like I, if you're going to be the guy that's like, you cannot see my film on HBO Max. You cannot mm-hmm. see my film on this. It has to be seen in 35 millimeter at 11:01 p.m. at these six theaters. Mm-hmm. You better right, be Christopher right. Nolan, and you better be Quentin Tarantino. Uh, you're setting yourself up mm-hmm. for yeah. You know, where I'm like, why, why am I not watching this, like, on, you know, Crackle Plus? Right. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I just, I think that I'm pretty much reiterating what you guys have just said, but like... Let's just keep saying the same thing. We I'm going to have Chris Vernon this big time. Just keep keep saying the <laughs> same on, thing. Come on, man. You know Come what I mean? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but the... I just would like for him to, because if you're going to do all the stuff that he's going to do, that's totally great. And it's not fair to compare anybody to Tarantino. I understand that. But he does have some of those same concepts. So I mean, the, some of those same things. Though, and I it, yeah, I, I, I mean that. I mean that as a compliment as well. But like, I don't think it's unfair then to ask that you be better than Matthew Vaughn. You know, yeah, that you exactly. differentiate yourself a little bit more <laughs> oh, than, than Matthew That's Vaughn. a good comparison. There you go. That yeah. is a great comparison. This, dude, if Matthew Vaughn put this Guy out, Ritchie. Man, pretty rad Matthew Vaughn movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's really right. bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's a great, great pull. Yeah. You know, but Richie's kind of like, he's done like this weird cycle where he's like now washed himself back into just doing what he was doing 25 years ago yeah, and it's good i don't know that's weird for but sure but also i don't think any i don't think that guy richie is of the quality no, that edgar not. wright is and yeah so that's not. that's the thing he does know? not have the the sensibilities and the editing mm-hmm. uh editing skills that uh yeah. he has uh, well, he's and, proved not to but i think a lot of people thought so maybe in the early 2000s but maybe that'll true. be the same with right and then he'll make mm-hmm. another shot of the dead in 15 years we're like oh this is awesome he's back doing what he should be doing but his uh, next movie but, is the running man a remake of the running man why that could be cool that sounds like a fun deal for him like i i'm excited for i don't that know project. if i want him to do adaptations i feel like i want him to do yeah um original stuff original yeah. stuff that i've never like baby driver is is perfect for him you know it's an original story but still has kind of his own elements of it and isn't relying on the cornetto characters or or those actors or anything like that it, it should be mentioned too we also have the great sort of lost thing of whatever his ant-man was gonna be 
mm-hmm. you know, which might have mm-hmm. been, uh, you know, another step um, in some direction for sure. Uh, that he he could have you know that ended up being Peyton Reed. I had, I had a I have a feeling that you know the stuff with Michael Pena and Ant Man that they did kind of keep in where he's voicing you know and he's kind of narrating the scenes and they're doing flashbacks. I have a feeling it was going to be a lot of that. Yeah, maybe. I always forget he Edgar Wright wrote that Tintin movie. That was weird. Mm. Yeah. They're, apparently, they're making another Baby Driver. They're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's been a rumor, and they're supposed to be making another Tintin for like ten years. But that, I guess, that's never going to happen. The technology doesn't exist yet. It's going to be underwater, man. <laughs> no, that's not James Cameron. It's Peter right, Jackson be. and uh, no, it's got to be though. The new ones, <laughs> Peter Jackson Cameron. and Spielberg. Well, what was going to happen? They're going to get the th- other third biggest ever, and they're like, let's get let's get Cameron in here. And he was like, well, I'm happy to do Tintin, but it needs to be six thousand feet underwater, and it's going to be at least I'm I'm ballpark at twenty thirty five. What happened was uh, Spielberg did the first one. <laughs> And they were supposed to trade off and yeah, do like right. every other one. And then Peter Jackson was like, no, I'm going to make The Hobbit. Yeah, I know. And then he yeah. backed out and never returned to it. So it's on Peter Jackson. They made mm-hmm. that thing made somehow. It was like, it, it was fun. It was really good. Well I think if they did it, did yeah. another one, it would be better. It would technology is mm-hmm. better now with, uh, you know, photorealism and all that kind of stuff. Right. But um, let's get back Crossover to with Polar Express. Maybe <laughs> with that animation, that'd be sick. Let's get back to uh, the last night in Soho. So they timed this really well in terms of releasing this in 2021 because Anya Anya Taylor Joy is like a star now, and she yeah. Queen's Gambit, I guess, wouldn't have been out, uh, or I guess it would have just come out in um, 2020 when this was supposed to initially be released. So, so I guess that works in their favor. But I think Thomas and McKenzie from Jojo Rabbit slash uh, Ellie in the movie was mm-hmm. was fantastic. Sucks for her she's because great, she's man. not on the marketing she's, all over the yeah. marketing like Anya is, yes. and she's uh, the whole movie. Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, that's got to be. I mean, I think we underestimate the the pull of Netflix with with um, the chess show. Sure. Yeah. Oh man, so that's huge. like you know, that's just such a huge that makes her. You know, that's how stars are now. Do you have a big streaming Netflix or HBO Max or Disney Plus show? If Matt Smith do, is Doctor Who, so right. I mean, he's got a huge fan base of sure Doctor Who fans. Of people so of people that will yell at you. Where the yeah, whole, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> so this did feel a little bit inspired by some Alfred Hitchcockness. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. for sure. And for sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should get a little bit spoilery here. For our last Let's night in Soho, it. so spoilers coming up uh, because this one there are some twists and turns in it that I want to I want to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, the first one of the old man being Jack slash Matt Smith, I, I saw that one coming. Yeah, pretty easy, pretty uh, pretty far away. And then there's one more twist I want to talk about. But what did you guys think of um, that character? And then. Sandy slash Anya's relationship with him and her, the entire aspect of her going back in time, I thought was really well done. Um, that the first time she goes back in time and, you know, walks onto the street and sees that big Thunderball poster and all the cars. I was like, wow, this is expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing I thought, but it's really well done. And that entire world, I mean, was like a dream, but didn't feel like a dream we hadn't seen before. I mean, it felt like Moulin Rouge in 2003, to be quite mixed honest with, with you. Mixed with Austin Powers. 
Like, yeah, I mean, it's like, like, like what new was Edgar Wright bringing to the table with this movie? You know, like what something that he didn't do before? I mean, I guess like a musical horror movie. We haven't seen those in a while. You know, it's got mm. kind of those elements, but I never really knew what this was trying to be. Like, is this trying to be La La Land or is it trying to be yeah. a horror movie? Like, is it trying to be Part The Exorcist? Dis- I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Part of my disappointment was I kept being kind of surprised by the tonal shifts of it. Right. And but being like but excited by that the whole movie and going, "Oh, this is going to be re- whenever this sort of thread of unwinds." Is, yeah. yeah, this is going to be really cool, however, because mm-hmm. it's doing it's turning on me tonally in ways I'm not seeing coming. So thus, the plot will do the same and the plot doesn't. The plot is not really interesting at all. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of the twist or anything, okay, okay, oh yeah, that's him. Yeah, I kind of thought that, but I thought you were going to play that against me. You're not, you're not going to play that, okay. And then you go, well, we did all of these tonal changes and went in these kind of darker and then lighter places than I expected. And I, I just never. It, that's the thing. I think like it's a really kind of well-made movie with a really disappointing payoff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. M Night should have done a rewrite. Could have gotten M Night in there, <laughs> doing what he does best. Yeah, the that's, maybe, that's the duo we need. We need M Night Shyamalan <laughs> writing Edgar Wright movies. That's would be that. That Did, would be awesome. Thomas didn't have McKenzie that on the twenty twenty one bingo card. Yeah. That's a, uh, didn't see that one coming. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I go. Any any thoughts on that, Brian? I mean. I'm not all that concerned that it's not all totally original. That's fu- I mean, I fully understand what you're saying and I agree with you is it is does kind of feel like a bit of him like kind of checking off the Edgar Wright checklists and at times um but I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, Wes Anderson does that in every movie too, you know. So, it's a certain amount of that. I thought that this this really ruled in its pitch meeting i would assume like it sounds really cool on paper the concept's really awesome i liked the uh, science is probably not the right word but but i'll use it the kind of the science of she falls asleep in this house she wakes up in 1961 or whatever i thought that was really cool there was not any real explainer for it or exposition and all that and i think that's smart i think that's a really good way to go about it i thought it looked beautiful the era was cool the the way that that she flips um, from um, from El- from from Ellie to Sandy is really cool. I thought all that stuff was really stylish and 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 cool, and I was with it. And then, kind of to y'all's point, what you're saying, it just sort of then just kind of drags, and then you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen? And I wasn't super impressed by most of the. Um, the the twists and turns that come along it was it was i I'm, I'm not somebody who looks ahead i purposefully will, will not try to like figure out what's going on and things like that and and i think most of this was pretty obvious to me what was <laughs> what was coming throughout right. it just it just kind of fell flat in on the the story element like you said richard the the dialogue's fine the characters are good the the acting is really good the the setting and the style and everything is great it's just the story's kind of weak and that um that surprises me um a bit for for Edgar Wright well maybe a reason it's weak for you guys especially for me it was weak because of this it's because we've seen this story in fact we've seen this story recently in fact we've seen this story 
in 2021. You guys remember Cruella? Is it yeah. not this exact uh-huh. yeah. girl kind of goes to mid-century English fashion school, you know, finds an alternate persona, embraces the persona, becomes a fashion icon because of that. I don't know. It, it was almostly like the same. <laughs> I don't know what Edgar, if Edgar saw Cruella and was like, oh no. But I would have had those thoughts. I mean, this is, it's very. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's the first thing I thought of when That's she the was kid in school doing, movie. Yeah, yeah, doing the drawings. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this is, I <laughs> yeah. see where this is going. And I've seen yeah. this this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, some of the, the scenes where she's kind of visualizing or seeing the, the, the evil men, like the ghosts. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. He just didn't feel any restraint in this. Edgar didn't feel like, you know. Yeah. Kind of like a like, like a like a barf of all of his worst instincts. Yeah, or or I mean, honestly, his good instincts. I, I feel like I'm dogging on a movie that I'm gonna end up giving a good grade to at the end of this, but like it just didn't but I agree with that. I, I maybe it's not even that his worst impulses, and I'm fine with I mean, he is definitely a director who wants to own his movie you know i don't think he takes kindly to studio influence and that's great i'm all for that um but i did think that when you have a lack it's a lot easier to do that when you have a movie that's really um that's really good from start to finish that the execution is good that it's that it's um that it's tonally consistent all that sort of stuff when you just have kind of a a bit of a lackluster thing all that stuff jumps out a little bit more i think yeah, I thought her um, friend John, like her kind of love interest in the movie, was really mm-hmm. good. And I like I like that storyline of the trying to form a relationship with this guy. Meanwhile, this horrible person's past is kind of haunting you at the same time. I liked that aspect sure. of it. Yeah, but it just didn't. It wasn't restrained. You know, <laughs> it wasn't toned down. It was like honestly, like kind of CGI crazy towards the end. And not CGI. I know mm-hmm. it wasn't CG because it was just camera wipes and tricks but it they compounded so many on top of each mm-hmm. other that it just became annoying with how much he was trying to show yeah. off with some yeah of it felt wachowski-ish at the end there oh yeah that's true gosh dang <laughs> that's that's true that's true yeah it just it kind of under, underwhelmed and and um I and think it was very explainy whole... like more than explainy yes. than an egg movie is like the yeah. scene where she's in the police station just explaining the entire mm-hmm. movie i'm like what <laughs> Could we not yeah. just have a shot of her walking out of a police station and it's, feeling it's dejected like that? Yeah, that's it's, all it's that definitely the, not a well edited movie. I think as, as far as the file scene of her in the library, right like there, what are we, we there doing? it is. Been waiting Come on, on that. file scene. <laughs> Edgar, you know better. You know better. Edgar. But that, you're listening. Shot, you know the crap better out of that file scene though. <laughs> Dude, I'm tired. As if every I'm just waiting for every a, crime in a, in the world can be solved by one person walking in a library and pulling up some freaking slides and figuring out the entire history of humanity and Please, a 10 minute God, montage let Damon Chazelle's next movie have a file scene <laughs> i can't just for the no, they, they know better yeah. let babylon <laughs> please let babylon it's period drama there's files in it come on uh-huh. please yeah that's <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it he's that's a james gray biopic right that that Damon Chazelle and Brad Pitt the doing? eye roll on my that man, one? it physically hurt the eye roll when, when she walks in the library and says, I need the David files Pitt. of all the 
murders in this town. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> We're not doing this. Lay him out, baby. Center camera. <laughs> Did you feel like the, the needle drops were a little... Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Cliche in this one more than uh-huh. usual for a nigger. I didn't even say cliche. It just it again. It's it just felt kind of like well, I'm Edgar Wright, so obviously I need some needle drops here. And I need and they were all here, songs that have been here. redone recently okay. that have like mm-hmm. old um, original. Which one? I would. De- which is I the, would the George that, Harrison got my mindset on you? Uh, uh-huh. The original. Version I would bet of that that, that was, was by it. design. Yeah. I would bet that his that was part of his bit was to do songs that have been remade and maybe are more the remake is more popular right but, but this is the original so it's better you know that kind of thing look man all these directors who we all really like whether it's edgar wright or uh wes anderson which i still haven't seen french dispatch i'm really looking forward to that and hopefully it's not came out the same weekend as this which is weird i know um they they all have their like sort of preciousness to them and i like that most of the time almost always even for for some of them but when it doesn't hit right and honestly it's not even it may not even be about like the quality of the film it just may be that for you personally that day it just doesn't hit correctly you you feel at least i do i find myself kind of like Ugh, I'm like kind of <laughs> grunting in my seat, you know, or like kind of nitpicking little things that I probably wouldn't otherwise. I don't, I don't think I nitpick very, very frequently, but, but this is one where it's like, this isn't quite working for me. And because of that, I feel like I'm seeing all the seams here and I'm not enjoying it. Like I, like I thought I was, I also like, I think you, you said this earlier, Kent, but it's not a horror movie and it, but it's also not fun at the same time. And so the, the, the two things, those can be done very well together. I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm well aware, but it's, it is sort of a fine line to walk. And I, to me, there was a lot of chunks of this where I was like, I can't decide I'm supposed to be having fun or not. And then it's very not fun, but then it's not quite. Am I supposed to be smiling or not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> It's just a kind of a strange combination. Again, it's you're you're walking a, a tight rope on that, and and for some people it really landed. It just it didn't really didn't really do so for me at times. The one uh, last twist I wanted to talk about that I did see coming as well was the fact that um, the owner of the house, old lady, was going to be Sandy. Like the mm-hmm. film was her past. I mean, it's mm-hmm. her house, and all this stuff is happening to her because she's there. I figured it was going to involve her somehow. So. I wasn't totally sure what was going to happen with that until, and again, we are full in spoilers. So obviously, um, if you haven't seen it, you, yeah. um, you know, you shouldn't be here anymore. Um, it takes place in Soho. T- I want to spoil yeah, that. Yeah. I wouldn't, Hunter, I wasn't really sure yet until the second that, um, the old cop, Terrence Stamp, when he, when he gets hit by the car and dies, or I assume die, whatever, it's, it's, there's too much time left in the movie, and I immediately was like, "Okay, the late, the old lady at the house. That's that's who who we're. That's Sandy. That's the murderer. That's what we're doing." Yeah. It was, it was pretty. It was a thing though. I kept thinking me. it, and then going, "Nah, surely it's gonna be cooler than sure. that." And that yeah. always leaves you feeling the the disadvantage of these kind of movies is you want to get people guessing, and they end up disappointed if it's not mm-hmm. if it's too, right. If, right. The, if they're right, I'm always disappointed when I'm right. Some people are disappointed when they're wrong. I'm mm-hmm. I'm like, sure. no, I'm dumb. I shouldn't be able to figure this out. 
Yeah. Also, on Ter- on the Terrence Stamps, great. I love him and everything. But I'm going to call him Terrence Man now forever, which sucks. <laughs> I'm going to mix that up forever. Yeah. Heck of a combo guard off that Clippers bench, <laughs> that Terrence <laughs> Stamp. <laughs> Real feisty. Gets yeah. up in your grill. You yeah, know? he gets uh, up in. Yeah. Really irritates Luca. Hate it. Um, <laughs> this movie reminds. Yeah, me. it was it was pretty basic on that front. But it, it felt like the twist Kent was more yeah. the. Uh, the 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 messaging regarding um women and the the abuse that that Sandy took and and then didn't take and all that sort of stuff. that felt like that this supposed to be the twist not the um the actual events of of the movie and that was okay I mean I I thought it was cool like well done on that front but like and I appreciate it. I, I I also had kind of the the promising young woman vibes. I caught that as well. I thought it was cool, but it's not a it's not a compelling story twist for I think for me. It reminded me of the movie a couple of years ago. What was it Bad Times at the El Royale? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very totally similar to that, and one that I have never thought of since I saw it. <laughs> and I feel I don't know. I probably will revisit this one more just because he's in a it's in a filmography of a director that I. Mm-hmm. collect and like you know and follow mm-hmm. but uh yeah i just don't know if i like it's very i don't know forgetful forgettable, yeah, I, forgettable for I sure I, I i got some some uh el royale as well i got some promising young woman i got some you you mentioned zemeckis earlier i got some mm. um what lies beneath imaging going on the imagery good, going on there okay a, yeah a little bit with the yeah, the bed yeah. scene and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, and the kind of ghost thing, but or or the the faceless zombie dudes and whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it. I think the biggest point for me is that it it feels more like a sort of amalgam of of other movies. Some of them Edgar Wright movies that more so that than it does feel like its own movie. Yeah. And that's kind of a disappointment. Which is what you want in a 25-year-old director. And it's a bummer more out <laughs> right. of like a 45-year-old director. Well, and at $45 million. I'm not really, yeah. I'm not really sure where $45 million is going on this. It's Thomas going McKenzie, to... Thomas McKenzie, dude. She gets that. She's 2060 <laughs> movie, dude. It's going to making this entire thing be 1960s London. Yeah. You know? yeah I mean, but anytime it's a production you do, design. Anytime point. you do a period movie, it's gonna double the budget maybe, especially since he's not gonna green screen or do anything like that. like i yeah. said that that one shot of just the the street with the theater and everything that was period accurate like that was all in camera you could tell i mean most of it was I'm like that that's expensive <laughs> just that one shot was like half the budget you know but worth it i mean it looked great and i don't know if they're gonna get their money back did this thing flop feels like no, it did. big time yeah it made yeah. less than five million holy yeah. moly I mean, it'll make some overseas. I don't think it's opened yet. Uh, it's made six worldwide. At they, this point. The, the problem is them thinking that this is a like we need to put this out on Halloween. Kids are going to go see this as their new Halloween right. mo- on the night before Halloween. They're like, dude, Halloween is out. The movie Halloween is out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dune is out. And there's what 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 was the third place movie there's another one that's still doing antlers oh bond out too bond, bond yeah bond out. and antlers yeah. so yeah the the studio I mean, this finished underneath antlers that's thinking yeah, that's that rough. this had any kind of fall Queen horror of movie us, appeal like to me this <laughs> this should have come out in september yeah or february or, or yeah. whenever I mean, it's, it's it not, doesn't matter it's not like, a, yeah don't cram this into halloween against movie. 20 other yeah. movies i don't know yeah i agree try to get that oscars yeah. Why? Yeah. 
They really thought this had any, I mean, besides like production design and costume design, maybe, and cinematography is very well shot, by the way. Yeah, Um, I think. I don't know. Editing, maybe. I think post Baby Driver, though, he he can probably say, hey, I think this is, I think this is a, maybe not a best picture contender, but it's a, you know, we're going to get, we're going to have some, some say in production design and cinematography and things like that. So it should be a fall movie or, or whatever else. It light, the lighting was really, really well done too. I'll say. Oh yeah. I don't know if they, I mean, I thought there was a lot of really cool sequences and it's, it's very well shot and things are very, there are a lot of cool things. It's technically perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's an incredible filmmaker. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it just didn't come together in the end. Like that's, that happens. I mean, it's like Kent has so much more of a, uh, and I mean, this is a compliment, like appreciation for that side of it. Whereas Brian and I are probably more like, um, you know, pl- not necessarily plot, but more like dialogue and acting driven. Mm-hmm. And if Kent is like, meh, I didn't, di-, you know, this was all cool, but sure. it, the rest of it didn't move me. That's not a great sign. Cause you this is a movie, this is a movie of, made for Kent. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. reminds me for of sure. a, just a, a band you really like and they're all great musicians. Yeah. Just releasing just not a great record. Right. The song, and, you know, the, the songs are, are good it's, and it's, the, the performances are good. It's just the songs. It's just the record just, it's just not a great record and you can't yeah. explain it. And every, it just, every that song just happens, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and totally. the songs just don't flow together in a, in an awkward you know, way. And it just, it just happens. And that's, that's all, all I, I can say. And, the, and you don't the, take the anything the away from the artist. Sickers kids album. Yeah, of course you don't take anything away from the artist, but you just kind of say, all right, better luck next yeah. time. You know? Yeah. And I, that's like, kind of how is, I feel. That's my grade. Better luck. I'm, not, I'm 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 getting out of the A B C D F thing. I'm going to the, the strong, better luck that side luck plus. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or retire tomorrow. That's that's the two. <laughs> yeah, um, so we've gone we've gone full Rotten Tomatoes now. It's totally binary. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, just to bring this full circle, I I too was disappointed overall. Um, I can't say I wasn't it was anticipating this a ton. But at the same time, I expected more fun, more memories, uh, more things I was um, blown away by from Edgar, you know, things I hadn't seen before, places, settings, all that kind of stuff that I hadn't seen before. And this really was kind of derivative and not a good way. So I'm going to grade this one out um, probably a B to a B plus somewhere around there for me. I'll go B. Brian? That's where I'm at too. I think that, man, I, I, I seriously though, the acting is great. Like there's a lot of really, really good acting in this movie and, and the, the two leads role. Thomas and McKenzie is going to be, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan, big fan. It's just, it's a bummer that this is only to me a B movie. Like it really, I don't know. And they, it, I, <laughs> I don't know if you guys had this experience with this movie, if you have it with, with other movies, but like, it sounds like I was way more anticipatory on this than than you guys were, but it just I was snuck really up on me. I don't know why. Yeah, I I don't know, but I was really into my it algorithms about, did not promote it. <laughs> my sure, algorithms. sure. Lindsay this week, she was like, I I told her what I was going to see, and she was like, I had not heard of that movie until like three days ago. I just didn't like, know what it was gonna, what it was, it was trying was to be. I didn't yeah. know, like Baby Driver. I knew what I was in for. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Scott Pilgrim, I knew what it was kind of right. going to be. That is a little this, bit. If that, this if is just like, what, what is it? I don't me, know. Because I engage with movie content on some. Mm-hmm. If, if, if my, it's not in my algo 
Yeah. And Lindsay's yeah. missing on it. I, I don't think you can fully blame Edgar Wright then for a, a bomb. Yeah, it no, seems like they sure. kind of pulled out and we're just going to cut losses. And it kind of falls into the uh, either. Yeah. It kind of falls I mean, into the Del Toro camp of like romantic horror. It's kind of yeah. a weird place for him to yeah. kind of dabble. I don't know. It's it's just it's just odd, but yeah, British to me, people can't I be think romantic. right. As I was Gross. as I was watching it as it sort of starts to dawn on me of like, oh, I don't think that this is going to hit for me all the way. That was kind of a bummer. Like the last half of the movie, yeah. I'm just kind of sitting there like Man, I went to see this on a Sunday morning, and it's just not really quite working yeah. for me. I'm kind of bummed out by that. So, also, I the, think that a lot of the parts the of this, too, yeah, I, I think thought. that a lot of the parts of this are are A to A minus. But I'm gonna give it a B overall. The story just really kind of bummed me out. But you, Arby, yeah, I'm gonna go B minus. All right, that's for all last the reasons night. we've discussed last night in Soho. We'll see where it ends up on the list at the end of the year, and so look forward to that. It'll be in my middle ten of the. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah. we're adding that this year, right? We're doing top 10, bottom 10. And oh, we should. 10. We should. That'd, that'd be interesting. <laughs> the most mediocre, the most mediocre middle movies of the year. <laughs> well, all right, let's move on. Speaking of mediocre, and hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that I saw several years ago and I have not seen since, but I was. Uh, I was scrolling through Kent flicks today, Kento, mm. and I saw a movie that you had recently trademark. recently added, documentary called Best uh, Best Worst Movie. Oh yes, and uh, super fun time. Now I have no idea where the you've never seen this made. before. I have, I have seen it. Oh, yeah. Um, just kind of reminded me uh, when I was scrolling through today of like, oh man, that's a that's a fun one that I haven't seen in a very long time. So if you don't know what it is, it's it's a documentary about. What would you say, Kent? Like the, the about the making of Troll Two and and the then right. the after that movie was that Troll Two is kind Troll of Troll Two is kind of like a kind of like the, the horror movie, horror movie yeah. version of like the Room, where <laughs> right. it was yeah. people trying to make a good movie and it was uh-huh. just terrible and everyone laughed at it. Yeah, uh, kind of that situation. But yeah, the movie is about that and mm-hmm. about about it interviews the cast and it's kind of a documentary about Troll Two and right. and why it's become. So synonymous, but yeah, super fun movie. I'm working up. I'm looking up where it's actually streaming. Ever, uh, it was on Netflix when I first saw it. That's what I was. I first saw it. I like, saw it for the right when I got. I remember watching it right when I got Netflix Instant, like uh-huh. 2010 or nine. You know, and it was one of the first things on there, and I had never heard of Troll Two, and I was like, "What is this?" And of course, you know, Troll Two is is incredible. If 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 you've never seen it, um, have you seen? Birdemic, Brian. No, I don't think so. Birdemic is is very similar. Uh, it's called Birdemic Shock and Terror. And this is a a horror movie that this dude made like in his house, you know, on his computer, his home PC. He hired all these actors because he wanted to make a horror movie and he plastered his car with like Birdemic Shock and Terror. Um, like dead birds, like fake dead birds and stuff, and drove around Sundance and was like <laughs> trying to get attention for this thing. And a, a couple of journalists saw this guy and was like, oh, we got to go check this out because he was promoting like, hey, come to my screening at this random bar on this random night, you know, come see this movie I made. So they did it and it was like this 
like they're like, oh my god, this is the worst movie of all time, <laughs> and it made they made this guy famous, you know, um, basically because um, it's so bad. But there's a documentary on it on YouTube. I think Vice or New York Times or somebody like found the guy, and it's so sad <laughs> because he thinks it's so good still, you know, mm. and like thinks that people like it because it's a great movie, kind of like the Tommy Wiseau thing, you know. Kind of, kind of gets it, but kind of doesn't. <laughs> that mm -hmm. people like it because it's bad. But he's like, well, if they like it, that means it's good, right? right <laughs> you know, they don't. Right. He doesn't understand that. But Troll Two, I'm not sure they they ever thought it would be, you know, a cult classic or anything. In fact, wasn't it? Yeah. supposed to be. Gob it's there's no trolls in the movie. That's what's funny. <laughs> I actually watched Troll Two like this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And that's what reminded me of a uh, best worst movie. And I was like, gosh, there's no trolls in this. It's yeah. so terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. Have you seen troll Two, Brian? I have. It's been probably, oh. I mean, it's pre pre podcast. It's been 10 or 15 it's years. It's incredible. Um, yeah. The, the best worst movie is, is a really fun one. Cause I, they yeah. kind of, I think they understand that it's, it's not a good, obviously it's not a good movie that they've made. I think they sort of enjoy that they're getting some, some, they're getting way more buzz off of this movie for it being such a terrible, terrible movie and this documentary being out there mm -hmm. and like the showings that, that people do at, you know, midnight or whatever, um, watching this movie, but uh, they get way more out of that than they would ever have off of just making this just awful, awful movie. So it's a fun, it's a fun yeah. deal. It's, the guy, it's not a bummer. So the, uh, the dentist guy in it, uh -huh. it's like the main star of the, of Troll 2, like the dad. Sure. It's so funny in Best Worst Movie. He's like doing people's teeth and he's like, you ever uh -huh. seen Troll 2? And they're like, no. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, he's like the Best Worst Movie. You know, yeah. I'm in it. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so amazing. Best Worst Movie. Yeah, great. Great recommend. And Troll 2, side recommend yeah. for all the bad movie lovers. That's a, mm -hmm. it's 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. It should be. That's 12% too high. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the the positives are um from people with quotes such as quote god awfulness in the best way imaginable. Right. So that was a positive review. So it's it's all negative, but people like the negativity. Right. Um okay, I got a short and sweet one. Curb your enthusiasm's back. It's my favorite show. Yeah. Nobody saunters back into our life quite like Larry David. I mean, after a pandemic, just bringing it just added it added Albert Brooks to the cast. Lucy Liu's back in the fold. Can't wait. Bill Hader pops up in this season, apparently. Seth Rogen. It's going to be good. Get Can't on wait. It, HBO. Can't wait. I mean, I've sorry, I've done one. I haven't watched. I normally watch them on, on Mondays, but I, I didn't get to it today. Can't wait for tomorrow. Fire it up. The per, the um the versions of themselves of the celebrities play. Let's just say uh, John Hamm plays a like a weird version of him himself. And it's the incredible. The most American treasure Gosh. version of himself. He could ever do so good. He's so funny, man. Have you ever heard the story about Richard? John Hamm, uh, Kent, when he hosted SNL for the first time with Amy Poehler, Have you ever heard this story? No, it's, I'll tell it quickly. Uh, it's, uh, he was hosting, he was mid madman, but not We didn't really know he was funny yet. And they're hosting, he's hosting, um, uh, SNL and they're recording, they're pre-taping a Mad Men bit. So they're all dressed like, um, you know, this early 60s. And uh, Amy Poehler is like a million weeks pregnant. Like she's due any day now. 
And uh, she gets a call that her OBGYN that she's been working with the whole time has passed away. He was an older man. He died right before she was supposed to have her baby. So she's on set in Mad Men gear crying. And um, John Hamm walked up to her and he goes, hey, I understand uh, what just happened. I'm, I'm really sorry, but this is a really big week for me. And I really appreciate it if you pulled it together. And she was like, it was the hardest I've ever laughed in my entire life. So that's, my, that's when you knew John was a legend because they didn't know he was funny. And there was I like, thought he no was going to say, I'm actually a licensed OBGYN. I don't know if you knew that. It was just a great bit because like the worst thing that could happen. And he's like, hey, this is a really big week for me. So like get it together. Uh. <laughs> AT. So great. Just watch episode one of the new season of Curb for John Hamm. You don't even need to know anything about Curb. Just watch it for that. He was it's, so great last incredible. season too, when he was doing yes. when he became Larry too. Yes, the carryover of that into this yeah. season is is incredible. Um, all right, what's your recommend, Richard? And we'll get out of here. Mine's a book. It's uh kind of up your wheelhouse, Ken. I'm sure you've done some stuff on this with work, but uh, it's the Seth Wickersand book. The uh, It's better to be feared. Nice about about the uh, New England Patriots kind of. Front yeah, we just had him on um on one of our pods last week. Nice. Um, it's great. But, yeah. Good audible, really in depth. I mean, goes from basically Tom Brady's birth until him leaving the Patriots. I mean, it's really uh, strong. And with you know, it kind of tells the parallel stories of both Brady and Belichick and, mm-hmm. and how that goes along. But yeah, excellent. That's such an interesting in sports, such an interesting group of people that all came together at one time. And the key is that they're not interesting, right? I mean, they they go out of their way to not be interesting. But he, it, you know, this is so well reported by by Wickersham. He did such a great job that you find all those nuggets that that all of them have been withholding from people for years. So, yeah, uh, highly recommend. It's better to be feared. Uh, if you're a sports book person, I highly recommend. You know, I I rolled big time when like the day after the last dance ended, they announced the Tom Brady series. They were going to be be doing. You know, he's going to give nothing to. On that, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. My my mind has totally shifted on it because I, I rolled so hard because this is when Tom Brady was still in New England. And then you had the entire fallout with him. And he goes to Tampa Bay and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to be pretty good now. And I feel like Maybe. he himself views himself a little bit differently than he did he's, like even two yeah, years ago. Yeah, for sure. He's loosened up a bit. He's got yes. some great, there's some great. We're not going to get of, like the memories that we got on Michael Jordan, but I feel like we're going to get more. Might, yeah. I never knew that with this than we ever did with the, the Jordan one. I remember one, this is a very Michael Jordan-y kind of thing he did once. And that's, that, that, there are stories like this out there. It just depends on if they tell them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who the linebacker was, but he went to Alabama and he was kind of talking. This is like peak Brady, probably like, early 2010s and he's like talking smack to Brady the whole game. He hit him a couple times. And then like on the game winning drive, Brady's got like three receivers open, but he decides to just like ear hole this linebacker and <laughs> throws it right over his shoulder, shoulder pads to mm-hmm. the, you know, Gronk or whoever in the, in the end zone touchdown. Yeah. Probably his <laughs> game over. And like he purposefully just humiliates this guy by just throwing it right over his shoulder pad, and then he just runs by the guy, slaps him on the butt, and just goes roll tide. <laughs> it's like Dude, those are the kind of stories. Like yeah. those are Michael Jordan level, yeah. crap talking stories that would make for a good documentary if you had fifteen of those. I just don't know if yeah. they'll. I think we know. will. That's that's kind I of stuff so. I feel like we'll get is right. a lot of footage we've never seen, a lot of mic'd up stuff we've never seen. Mm-hmm. They're going to pull out the archive. A lot of Bill I hope so. him. You get a whole episode on Trevor Simeon, probably, too. Yeah, yeah that's true. You know, just, that's true. Like, I'm way more excited than I 
than I would have been had they released this like a year after the thing. I feel I'm like just excited. Gonna- I'm just excited for the uh, Bob Craft documentary. <laughs> oh God. It's a lot of what one athlete footage. besides um I mean obviously we've gotten Jordan Brady. We had the little tiger mm-hmm. one. What one athlete do we need a a full Do we need you know Ken you Carter. want someone's I mean like there's there's LeBron obviously. Like, yeah. There's people like Brian and I that would be interested on like someone like Dirk, right? But a Kobe one. We love them. Good. Yeah, I was gonna say Kobe would be interesting. It's gotta be someone that has a lot of nuggets. Like someone like Dirk's not that Tim Duncan's not that interesting, you know, these great right. players. Shaq be cool Shaq would probably be a good one there's a lot of Shaq stories out there but he's just Larry so open bird yeah yeah Larry Bird we, we we got the magic and bird one that HBO yeah, did years ago true. that was pretty good a Gretzky um, one would be cool Gretzky yeah Gretzky's never been done like for the masses I'm sure there's some kind of super hockey head ones but I would yeah. love like a one that was like hey like this guy is so much better than the second place guy kind of yeah. documentary. Right. Oh man, um, he, if he had Paulina, never scored a goal, you know, he'd still be a number Paulina. one point scorer in NHL history. <laughs> yeah, like it's that's unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, um, it, very often. Yeah, that Gretzky's one per- probably my number one. I'm not yeah. even as big a hockey guy as you can, obviously, but I, I'd probably go a great Gretzky doc. Sure. Would be Allen Iverson, very high. Yeah, player. that's a good one, Brian. It's got that's that good. good that thirty for thirty on his like high school career was. Yeah, really that's good. a really good. But one. that's an hour. We could do. More they did that. a. Yeah. Um, they did a Bill Mike Walton Tyson too. one last year that I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like three parts or four parts. That was really good. But that's a that's another one. Mm-hmm. And obviously Jake Paul. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Logan, honestly, I don't uh, know which one. Um, it is. Whatever. Just because he's such a good talker uh, you know a manning one would probably be interesting yeah yeah eli obviously cooper i'm not i'm not familiar yeah no the mannings that could that one thing they just did on them with the manning brothers was really good if they did a full career retrospective Mm -hmm. of peyton and eli it would be the whole family and would be awesome and archie you know do a couple episodes on him that's what i mean you could kind of do that as like a almost like an arc good good stuff i like it i like it Philip Philip Rivers reproduction. <laughs> I'd watch like, oh, he, like one, he knows something one, about reproduction. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. One hour on every kid, you know, like a good 14 hour. Can dog. he name his kids? Yeah. <laughs> good question. Well, uh, that's it. That's last night in Soho and the recommends. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Let us know what you thought about the movie. If you liked it more than us, please let us know and let us know why we're crazy. Cause I'm sure yeah. we are. Yeah. But until this next is time. definitely the most sports references we've made in an episode. Of well, it's good. That really crosses over. Edgar Wright. Sorry, Megan. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all next time. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.